0: Ron Heron for AM
1: 1290. Good afternoon and welcome to another edition of Money Talk. I'm Neil Chrysal and Diane Duvernay, your hosts, every week right here on AM 1290, repeated at 11, and on Saturdays at 6. We're brought to you by Cornerstone Home Lending, whose highly trained and experienced team takes great pride in helping people with home financing, offering competitive rates and a wide array of of loan programs. American Riviera Bank, smart banking for smart people in Santa Barbara at Figueroa and Anacapa Streets and a Montecito's Upper Village. And Arlington Financial Advisors, a leading wealth management firm in Santa Barbara, providing its clients with the personal care and attention of a small independent firm, coupled with the vast resources of a major financial institution.
2: Happy Monday, Neil. We've gotten we've gotten some some settlement over the weekend.
1: Well, you know, which is good news. My my big dilemma now is do I take my yard signs down? Is it is it safe to take my bidon b y e d o n sign down? Do you think I can do it?
2: I think you can. Voting in California has stopped. So I think you're safe.
1: Yeah, they're not going to do a recount here, are they?
2: Even if they did, you can't change your vote on the recount, so That's I think point. it's safe. You can take it down. Okay. Replace it with some pretty flowers.
1: Okay, Sasha, you can you can you can join. Oh,
3: hi, sorry. Mike's like, "We haven't been introduced yet." I'm Sasha. Hi. So, is it like <laughs> the signs Where you have to wait for Thanksgiving, and then you know, at Thanksgiving you take down the turkey and put up the tree, and then at New Year's you put up the New Year's. Like, when can you take down your yard signs? Uh,
1: That's a good question. Uh, You know, it's like it's like Christmas. Do you burn your Christmas tree? Do you burn your uh, your sign? (laughs) I think this is okay. uh, Let's
2: let's introduce our guests because they they had to actually you know. Ch- chime in on the on the, um, on the um, banter. So we are thrilled to have with us today, Mike Tagman and Sasha Leibovitz, authors of The Supercharger Stress Management in the Age of COVID-19 with us. And a little fun fact about Sasha, Sasha knew Neil as a young father, which is I'm sure gonna be fascinating conversation at the break as I grill her about how Neil was with a two-year-old. I can't even imagine. Yeah, so problem, exciting times to come on the show today. The,
1: the problem with, with that, Hope, is that she was two at the time. So I don't know what kind of insight she, must, she could have oh, had. Oh, you're
2: right. I, I need to talk to her mom.
1: Right, exactly. <laughs> so so the first article tonight, actually, tonight, today, uh, actually ties into what we were just talking about. And it's entitled, this is from the Wall Street Journal this week, it's entitled Election Nights, Investing Days. And it begins by uh, saying that the lesson you should learn from this election is not merely that politics is unpredictable and that so-called experts need to be more humble you should also ask yourself whether some of your own certainties and investing might be just as wrong. Uh, the trick is to embrace uncertainty without fooling yourself into thinking your impetuous decisions uh, can give you control over it. Uh, if uh, This was a quote from a physicist, uh, Richard Feynman, back in 1963. He said, if you know that you are not sure, you have a chance to improve the situation. And, uh, you know, it's true that uh, the... Uh, humble uh, questioning investor probably has a uh, more likelihood of success than someone who believes that they are infallible. And at the end of this article, our favorite writer Jason Zweig from the weekend investor says he was thinking about this. And and there are two things that he realized that he should be doing. And that one is that uh, it, he always believed and always said that you should maximize your 401k contributions. Uh, but actually, if we have a government with a huge deficit, there's going to have to be a, a, a payback to the deficit over the next few years, which could result in higher tax rates. And if you have higher tax rates, it may make sense, if you can afford it, to contribute uh, your your tax advantage, 401k, up to uh, certainly at least the uh, employer Uh, contribution, but to the extent that you can contribute to a Roth uh, 401k, because that would probably protect you from the prospect of higher tax rates in the future. Um, And the other thing he said is that he always has been advising, has been for the last few years about investing some of your money always in foreign foreign securities. And based on this year's performance, which has been dramatically favorable to American uh, stocks, uh, he's now th- rethinking that. So uh, this whole—that's uncertainty- interesting
2: because the the funny thing is that he's rethinking investing in international stocks because of this year's performance. Well, usually that's the time when you exactly want to add that to your portfolio if you don't have it. You always want to add in underperforming asset classes just because this year it didn't work. If you look at through the two thousands, international stocks did extremely well relative to the U.S. markets Uh, and if uh, in that same vein with a deficit that's exploding, tripling, the only thing that's helping the U.S. here is that rates are so low. So the debt service on it hasn't increased at the same rate as the um, the debt itself. As that comes in and we do have higher taxes and we have to continue to service debt at a higher rate international stocks might just be the thing that saves you in terms of your overall investment strategy. So I got to, I got to disagree with Jason. It doesn't happen often, but today is going to be that day.
1: Yes. And this will be the one day after four years, he'll actually listen to the show. (laughs) Uh, uh, the next article is entitled, this is a, an interesting, uh, uh, article entitled couples say we do to owning homes. And the article is about how, uh, more and more couples who are not married are making the decision to own a home together and the article talks about some of the pitfalls and some of the things you should do if you're going to buy a home with your significant other who is not your spouse and uh, One of the things it says you should be be, be careful about is not owning a home with uh, it, it, with a tenant in common with right of survivorship because in that case you would end up with uh, the uh, a surviving uh, relationship if you something should happen to you uh, would go to their estate rather than to your estate. So the first thing they say is make sure when you do it, you uh, take care to put the house in, in title in a way that protects your own interests. The second thing it says is that there is an advantage to uh, owning a house together because uh, under the tax law, uh, you can... Uh, well, first of all, you can uh, apply for a mortgage for uh, if one of the two uh, 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 of you have a higher FICA score, uh, one of you can apply uh, as opposed to both of you applying and having the lower FICA score count. And so you may end up with a better rate. And the other thing that is, is important is that uh, when uh, when you break up, you have some type of agreement where the uh, like you do in a partnership, where uh, the asset is distributed appropriately based upon what your what your wishes are. So you know, yes, love makes sense, but be careful and do the right thing if you're going to own a home uh, without being married. In fact, I could say you should be careful if you are married, but that's another story.
2: Well, and if you think about it, lots of people are buying homes together without being in an intimate relationship, but rather as a place for them to both live. And then eventually, as they move on and and find an intimate relationship and move out, that's where those contracts come into play, come into play. And so you want to make sure that you're setting yourself up for all of these various scenarios so that you don't end up stuck.
1: Uh, the next article is entitled More Startups Take Fast Track to Listings and uh, what we're seeing is uh, companies uh, avoiding the necessity to go through the SEC, and what uh, they've been doing is they've been uh, purchased by SPAC, special, uh, 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 sp- special uh, what do you call it? What's the SPAC stand for? i tell you what it is, but I'm trying to remember what it stands for, Diane. Well, why don't you
2: tell us what it is
1: first? Uh, well, SPAC is a company that is formed with no business. They simply raise money, cash. They keep the cash for two years. And if they can invest it during those two years, uh, they buy usually uh, a, a, a you know mature startup. And then they do a reverse mer- merger so that the startup, which wasn't public, becomes uh, a... A public entity without having to go to the s- scrutiny of the SEC. And um, to me, this is pretty dangerous because, you know, whatever you think of regulation, the SEC does, in fact, require certain minimal uh, disclosures that companies, when they do go for a traditional new issue, uh, are always going back and having to come up with more stuff because the SEC is pretty thorough. So, what this does is basically permit you to. Uh, go into the public marketplace without really disclosing everything that you should be disclosing. So if you are going to buy a company that's gone public through a SPAC, you have to be, you know, very very careful.
2: Well, and they continue to come out. And so SPAC stands for special purpose acquisition company. That's correct. And and you know, the SEC, lots of companies are trying to go around this with with Sarbanes-Oxley and all the government regulations have become much more onerous to go public. However, they're designed to protect the end investor. And so if you think about it as an investor, it's very difficult to get information from non-publicly traded companies and know that it's accurate. And so that's, that's the risk that you run, is that the SPAC comes out on the market without you being able to access its information.
1: And, and you know, just as a note, uh, what a lot of these SPACs are formed so that hedge funds can park cash that they're not making anything on, and essentially get an option on uh, a new issue. And as soon as the uh, SPAC uh, does the reverse merger, they sell the stock. So it's not exactly like you're investing with somebody who has the long-term interest as, as as you do. You're listening to Money Talk on AM 1290 KZSB, and we'll be right back.
0: Hi, I'm Eddie Tuduri, I'm the founder of the Rhythmic
5: Arts Project, or TRAP, as it's better known. I wanted to tell you a little bit about the work we've been doing during this time of Corona. Our virtual classes have been reaching out and inspiring students around the world,
6: as well as right here at home our primary objective is to promote the inclusion of people with different abilities as well as their typical peers in all aspects of everyday life like everyone struggling to make ends meet in our nonprofit world we depend on donations from folks like you please review the website at traplearning.org and give what you can i'm very grateful
1: Welcome back to Money Talk, brought to you by Cornerstone Home Lending. Since 1988, a mortgage banker and direct lender. That believes in providing in-depth loan consulting to its customers in a personalized and honest manner.
2: And we can be reached at MoneyTalk1290 at gmail.com or 805-564-1290. And if you're just joining us, we have the pleasure of having Mike Tagman and Sasha Leibowitz, authors of the supercharge your stress management in the age of COVID, and I have to say, I think it's it's so um, such great timing because as COVID continues to go and on and on and on, I find people are getting to a fatigue spot in, with COVID, and it's adding to everybody's stress as to when the holidays come, what should you do, where is this all leading? So, before we get into the book, let's talk a little bit about you know, your careers and you both had different careers before you, um, started writing. So why don't Sasha, you start us off. What did you do in your previous life?
3: Um, I've had a few previous lives in this life. Um, I, I had, had a, a middling career in the movie business doing movie marketing, and then I wanted to do something less competitive and more meaningful. So I, became a corporate lawyer in um, New York City, and that turned out to be sort of a a misguided jaunt. And then um, after burning out on that, I I went to Greece for a month. I I went to Big Sur for a while, and I I met this weird guy sitting beside me, um, now my husband, and he did something that was called being a a paramedic in 911. And I had no idea what that, was or what that world was and um it turns out there are all these people who spend their lives trying to take care of people and that was really exotic to me and i kind of fell in love with that and we we worked together and um you know built this life together and and that's what i've been doing
1: so sasha was sasha's being modest she worked for probably the Eminent, uh, most eminent uh, Wall Street law firm uh, in the country, uh, doing uh, mergers and acquisitions. Are you saying that they don't have the same interest in helping the world that 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 Mike and other people have?
3: Um, or know, is it just
1: just rich people? I, I just you know want to be clear on this.
3: I just think that there are you know, sorry, Oh, Neil, you're bad. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You don't have to answer that, Sasha. I'll save you. So Mike, <laughs> tell us. Tell us about your backstory and, and where you come from and how you got to where you are today.
6: So I am a, an old street paramedic um, who uh, uh, worked in uh, Denver and then uh, started managing and running systems in Oakland and uh, and Ventura, a little bit in Florida, a little bit in Oklahoma. Um, and I, I also currently teach uh, graduate school at UCSF. Um, and I've just uh, uh, been around uh, people who spend their lives running uh, toward danger instead of away from it uh, for 45 years at this point.
2: Wow, and so is that where you really got um, interested in learning about how people manage their stress and, and trauma really? Because when you look at first responders, you know, I think we all can, can remember 9-11 where you saw Everybody running away and the firefighters running in, and and what that means and what that does to people and their psyche.
6: Absolutely, I I uh, I had a particular call uh, when I was a, a paramedic in Denver, um, where uh, a couple of police officers were shot, and we had to do an an under fire extrication of them in the middle of a of a gun battle, and just noticing the different responses of the police officers that showed up. Some of them were pretty. Pretty wild-eyed with energy others were very cool very calm dialed in we're going to make it happen and then afterwards they do this whole uh, critical incident stress debriefing and some folks you know felt bad for a while uh, one of the police officers was killed the other one managed to survive um and they were able to kind of get back to work okay and other people were not able to work for a few weeks and and some people were never able to come back to work at all they had such a significant psychological injury, the, the real uh, consequences of stress. So I, I got curious back then. This was like 1981, and I've been kind of paying attention to it uh, for the rest of my life.
2: So as you stress, stressed, Mike, in that emergency services world, which is extremely life and death stressful, and Sasha, your stress, I, you know, with being, working at a Wall, Wall Street M&E, and mergers and acquisitions law firm, and just the law in general, you know, how do you both personally deal with stress? Um,
3: well, I think I spent a long time, quite frankly, not dealing with the stress very well. Um, in the book, we talk about maladaptive strategies um you know being nasty to people and you know raging and drinking and
2: isn't that uh, your job though as a law- as a lawyer in, in Manhattan <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> i have said it's kind of like being a paid gladiator you know you need to kind of be a little bit professionally scary and uh yeah when i i met mike yeah we we did a lot of couples therapy to, to, for me to get the message that 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 strategy wasn't going to get me like a kind and loving husband, I couldn't scare him into being tender. Which, you know that that was my number one, M O. But um, but how do we manage stress? So over the years, yeah, I mean, I I personally have done a lot of yoga, a lot of meditation, a lot of, um, I guess what you would call woo woo things to try to dial down the stress as well as Western, you know, medicine and and mm-hmm. SSRIs and therapy and, and all that kind of stuff. I think that my baseline of stress is, is pretty high. Um, so I come at it less at, from a student as from a recipient of a lot of modalities trying to manage it and um, meeting Mike and seeing him and his cohorts really um, tend to their inner world so that they can be more powerful in the outer world has has been enlightening for me instead of just uh, spinning in the crap of it, for lack of a better word. That's a clinical term.
2: <laughs> and so, Mike, how do you deal with stress? Given that, you know, I think the corporate stress of, of of working is very different than seeing people in life and death situations. You know, it, it's similar stress, but it 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 it's just a a different mindset, I guess.
6: It is, it is, and I I was I was fortunate to be introduced to meditation when I was fourteen. Um, so I've had a daily meditation practice since I was fourteen, which is, um, really uh, really grounding for me, and then also learning learning about the neuroscience of stress and realizing that um, stress is beneficial. Um, that there is a, there's a part of stress that you know, keeps you alive, that you know, allows you to mate and procreate in the world, um, that helps you make good decisions when the financial markets are kind of all over the place. Um, a, l- a little bit of stress can be helpful. And we, uh, and we talk about the difference between um, challenge stress and threat stress. And mm-hmm. challenge stress actually nurtures your resilience it improves your performance um, when it's kind of managed correctly, and whereas threat stress—that fear of I'm going to lose all my money, or I'm going to uh, catch COVID and die, or I'm going to pass it along to my grandparents, or you know whatever whatever that kind of threat is—poorly managed threat stress leads to uh, you know diabetes, heart disease, strokes, cancer, a uh, whole plethora of, uh, of problems, including depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, PTSD and those kinds of things. So, you know, kind of thinking about it from the scientific perspective and and getting clear on whether I'm experiencing challenge stress, which is good for me, or threat stress, which is gonna be bad for me if I let it go on too long, um, has, has really given me a, a, a whole lot of techniques I can use to help dial things down and keep things on the even keel.
2: So, go ahead, Sasha. So, so, sorry, I
3: just wanted to add on that um, what's cool is that the same set of circumstances can be reframed as challenge stress. So, um, which makes our our brains and our bodies and our, our whole biology rise to the occasion as opposed to being beaten down by it. So there's, you know, there's a, there's a hack, there's a brain hack, which is saying, okay, what's really going on here? And, um, am I really about to be eaten or how can I tackle this situation?
1: Well, we're not going to get eaten until at least we get through the commercial. Uh, you're listening to money talk on AM 1290
5: KZSB. And we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Jeff Devine from American Riviera Bank. All of our customers were once just like you, stuck with a bank that kept charging more for less. But when they finally made the decision to change banks, American Riviera Bank made the move easy with mobile deposit, online banking, free use of every ATM in the country, and a level of customer service that other banks dream of. Come in and make the move today in our downtown Santa Barbara or Montecito Upper Village branches. American Riviera Bank, smart banking for smart people.
0: It was a goal that I wanted to
6: achieve from the very beginning. I'm a 40-year-old man that walked in there to get his high school diploma. I wasn't sure if I could do it. It was very hard for me, but the teachers, the counselors, they help you. One of the teachers was uh, Miss Araceli. Miss Araceli, she gave me direction. Every single time I had a question, she'll put down whatever she's doing and she'll come over and she'll sit there with you until you get it.
2: At age 47, with the help of his teacher, Marco
4: finished his high school diploma.
6: of getting your high school diploma is walking through those doors. The other 50% is doing the work. Getting your high school diploma, it is a life-changing experience. It really is. It catapults you to where you want to go.
4: No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council.
1: Welcome back to Money Talk, brought to you by Arlington Financial Advisors, a leading wealth management firm founded on providing thoughtful, objective, and comprehensive financial guidance for families and entities who are seeking long term financial guidance. So, before
2: the break, we were talking about stress and and different ways of how how people deal with it Um, challenge stress or threat stress. And how can how can you help people reframe this COVID nineteen stress and threat that we are all experiencing to be able to put it in perspective for themselves and to be able to move forward? Oftentimes, I'm seeing it's um, it's creating this just frozen place where people are at and can't seem to move on from.
6: A really, really good question, and that the. Um, the, the technical term for the neuropsychological brain hack that Sasha was talking about is it's a cognitive reappraisal. And <laughs> part part of it is that the, the threat stress and challenge stress, they both cause an increased heart rate. They both cause your palms to be a little bit sweaty, your uh, vision to tunnel and focus a little bit. So, so physiologically they feel the same. So, um, you know, thinking about, um, uh, covid and the issues around it i remember when it first started um sasha said to me so we got to stay inside for 14 days is that right and i said well no that's got to be a little bit longer and she's like how long and i and i said this is this is back at the beginning of march end of february beginning of march and i said you know you know let's plan on staying inside until christmas and if we're able to get out in the world before christmas it'll feel like a bonus and, and then in May, I, I reframed that and said, I noticed I didn't say which Christmas. Uh, I didn't put a year on it, right? And so there's, there's something about uh, kind of recognizing the reality of whatever your situation is in the moment, um, allowing yourself to grieve the parts that you were attached to that you lost. Um, for my, my pre-COVID life was uh, presenting at conferences Uh, teaching uh, grad students live and going to concerts. And I'm not doing any of that anymore. So it's just kind of like grieving and letting go of that process and then kind of shifting your focus to say, you know, so what, what is working, what can happen, what can work well, and everybody's circumstances are going to be different around that, but um, turning your eyes toward the things that work, but but you have to really allow yourself to grieve the things that aren't working for you the way they used to. Um, because if you're still holding on to that, that'll mess up your ability to see the good stuff. Does that make sense?
2: Absolutely. And, and how would you recommend for those business owners that are listening to help their employees feel the same way? Because we're starting, I think, at a, at a business level of seeing employees become disenfranchised because they just wanted to go back to the way it was well, it can't go back to the way it was. And how do you help people reframe their thoughts around that? Well, I think that, yeah. I, I just was, have to interrupt because that was priceless. They both pointed at each other on that question.
3: <laughs> 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 yeah, except that uh, Mike knew I was pointing at him, which meant I want to say something. Um, and she was pointing at me, which was, I know you want to say something. So, um, so business owners, employees, uh, investors. At the end of the day, we're all human beings, and I think uh, one of the sort of interesting things about the pandemic is it has been an equalizer because it do, it really you know to sound bumper stickery, no matter how much money you have, you can build yourself a slightly nicer bubble. But the activities of daily life that make it fun, which are being with other people and being out and about, are all um, you know, life threatening these days to all of us. Uh we're all people. And and so yeah, what Mike said, mourning the loss of what was, and then and then saying, okay, so what is going on? What is the truth of what we actually know i mean you guys were talking about this in the beginning with the investors of you know knowing that you don't know the truth is we we don't know a whole lot with this thing but what we do know you know are certain are certain parameters so within those constraints how can we make money have a nice time Uh, and get through this thing I think that though that's 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 those are the questions and focusing on um, reality and um, is a better strategy than bemoaning. you know I wish it were this I wish it were that it's not and we don't know when it's gonna be
1: you know, I'm not trying to be funny here, but this conversation could be entitled uh, marriage counseling as well. Uh, <laughs> it, it's 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 very similar. And, you know, um, you have... Uh, you, I'm sure you have some insight. You, you know, you we're, we're looking at you in Zoom. You're sitting together. You work together. You live together. Uh, and everyone now is being forced to live more together than they've ever had. And that creates its own tension and testing of the relationship. So, you know, for people that... Uh, are mildly interested in your book, maybe you should be very interested because it has applicability beyond COVID. It has to Absolutely. do with, with with the tension that you get in just life.
6: Absolutely. And, and some people are more apart than ever because if you're not partnered and don't have a family, you're kind of stuck alone um, during this COVID time. And if you're partnered, you're stuck with people that maybe you're not used to spending a ton of time with. I used to be on the road uh, three or four days a week um, and one of the things I often say, people ask me how uh, how are things going, and I say, well, my wife still seems to like me, which you know was a hit or miss proposition um, with me being around, you know, twenty four seven all the time. And and you know, kind of back to your earlier question a little bit about for business owners and for couples, I think there's there's some principles that that are helpful to help get through this. One is. Um, really open transparency about the reality of what's going on with your organization. So whether it's uh, what's going on with you financially, what the um, revenue forecasts look like, uh, what your payables look like, uh, those kinds of things. Um, and a little bit of over communication with folks so people feel connected. Um, uh, making space for being innovative. Um, you know, there, there has been some incredible uh, innovation that has, uh, has come out of this. Um, you know, both in the organizations I work with at the institutions I teach at. Um, and we're seeing all, all kinds of things exploding around that. And then um, really paying attention to your teammates uh for signs of stress, uh, signs of, of trauma and you know, depression or anxiety, or you know, checked-outness or whatever, um, so that you can um intervene with this. And remember, as a leader. Um, there's something that's called the open loop nature of your limbic system, um, which is kind of a neuroscience way of saying, um, your emotional state has a huge impact on the emotional state of your team members. And it's kind of like you're in the front car on a roller coaster and everybody else on your team is behind you and, and they get to take all the loops and turns and scary drops with you. So the more you can do your own self-management, your own stress management, and dial that down, the more effective you'll be at it being able to be helpful uh, for your teammates in the process.
1: I was gonna ask you about something in your book called Emotional Contagion, and I think you may have just answered that. That's exactly what it is, that your emotions
6: are as contagious as it is. Um, And when it's it's over Zoom or over email, it's worse because people get a little clip and can, you know, when they're in a depleted state, they'll overreact uh, things. So just being extra attentive to how your behavior and actions impact your teammates is
3: huge. Uh,
6: You're listening to to Money Talk on AM 1290
1: KZSB and we'll be right back.
2: It's a fact, successful wealth management is built on strategies that focus on the big picture, take a long-term view and establish deep and valued relationships. Hello, I'm Diane Duva, founding partner at Arlington Financial Advisors, Santa Barbara's trusted family guide, empowering you to make more informed and confident decisions. At Arlington Financial Advisors, we bring order and balance to your financial life by monitoring and managing risk so you can focus on your work, family, and enjoying the moment. We are a fully independent firm offering strategic financial planning, estate and tax planning, and private money management. Our plans and portfolios are handcrafted using a rigorous and disciplined approach, supported by a consistent yet highly personalized client experience. Our clients look to Arlington Financial Advisors as a home away from home, a comfortable place to protect what they've accomplished while they prepare for what comes next. Please visit ArlingtonFinancialAdvisors.com or call me, Diane Duva, at 805-699-7300.
0: Are you ready to start and run your own successful business? Ready to grow your small business or home business? Women's Economic Ventures is a local nonprofit helping women start and build successful businesses. In addition to their highly successful self-employment training program, Weave offers services to help women succeed at every stage of their business. From startup and launch to building and sustaining a business, including individual business counseling, professional networking events, advanced business training, and small business loans to start or expand a business. Over 1,000 local businesses are now owned and operated by women who have taken part in programs and services. Whether you're ready to start up, launch, build, or sustain your business, Women's Economic Ventures is right here to help you make it happen. Call 965-6073 or visit weaveonline.org.
1: Welcome back to Money Talk, brought to you by American Riviera Bank, making your life easier with cutting-edge technology, mobile deposits, free use of every ATM machine in the country, and a level of service other banks could only dream about. So uh, this book, uh, when you pick it up, looks like it's for professionals, but it really isn't. It's really for uh, anybody. So until people go out and buy this book, which um, they can on Amazon, I suppose, or uh, just Google it, um, the, uh, there must be some things in that book that they can use today uh, to help them with, with stress.
6: Ab- absolutely. And so uh, one of the things, actually, you, you can do it with me right now. Um, all of you who are listening and, uh, and Neil and Diane as well, uh, just wiggle your toes. And uh, we're on Zoom and Neil's looking at me like I've lost my cookies, okay? But wiggly, wiggling your toes um, actually uh, counteracts part of the stress response. Part of the stress response when you're you know, running away from a, a, a tiger who's trying to eat you or whatever it happens to be in a, a physiologic level, you uh, decrease sensation in your extremities So that if you get bit by the tiger, you're you're not incapacitated and can still fight off and uh, and hopefully survive. And um, I was uh, I taught this uh, technique on a on a webinar, and I got an email from an F-16 fighter pilot um, who uh, said, you know, this craziest thing, I was getting ready to fly my first mission over Iraq, and um, had. uh, Uh, my uh, flight commander who was up on the up on the ladder next to my cockpit with the cockpit uh, canopy open. And he was giving me my last minute flight instructions. And he said, now, I want you to just remember one thing that I want you to do throughout the flight. And he thought he was going to be told about paying attention to his aileron or looking for aircraft off his wingtips. And he said, I want you to wiggle your toes throughout the flight. And he looked at him like, are you nuts? And his flight commander said, keep your toes wiggled it'll keep your head more in the game, you'll be more relaxed and your performance will improve. And I shared that story with the reproductive medicine physicians at the University of Pennsylvania. We were doing a, a medical stress management conversation for them and uh, and these uh, obstetricians and gynecologists said, uh, we tell patients to wiggle their to- toes when we're gonna be doing uncomfortable procedures because it drops their stress and makes it less painful for them. So that's, that's one trick you can do. Sasha, you got one?
3: Yeah, that's a really, um, that's a good one. It's easy to do. uh, You know, people can't tell you're doing it when you're talking to them. Um, so so, it,
2: so it's stress relieving in stealth
3: mode. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, if I'm uh, engaged in, in a conversation or interacting with someone who I already know, you know, we already know what's going to stress us out. So you go in there and, you know, while you're having a conversation, you're wiggling your toes, it kind of makes your brain jump the stressed out track and, and be more on a clear path. Of, of dialoguing. Um, the other one I really love, you know, is the big deep breaths. It does, it works. And that's why it's kind of uh, cliche. If you just, you know, breathe in for a count of three and hold it for one and breathe out. Oh, um, our puppy's wanting to do deep breathing with us. Um, and breathe out for three, and hold it for one.
2: So now, for many of us who have children dealing in this COVID world, what um, would these techniques also? Would you would you have your children do them? And and do you have any skills to to relate to children in this COVID environment?
3: One hundred percent. I think the best. Thing I am doing as a mother right now we have a nine-year-old is um, enlisting our child in our family stress management program you know and letting him know that I have stress and here are the ways I'm trying to manage it and are you interested in trying this with me. And, you know, sometimes he wants to, and sometimes he doesn't want to, but at least then if I'm snippy or I need a moment, I can say, Hey, I'm feeling stressed. I need a moment. And it's, it's much better than pretending or tamping it down or waiting to blow, you know, trying to keep it together is kind of the enemy of stress management. Yeah.
6: And our, our son is, is really good about when he's kind of feeling bad to be able to say, you know, there's that phrase you'll hear parents say frequently, feel your feelings. And, and now if we were going to change this around to feel excited or feel happy, what would you have to do? You know, and there's something about that question about what would you have to do, uh, to feel excited that is, um, uh, exciting and, and wonderful from that perspective and, and shifts the focus. Uh, kids like wiggling their toes. Kids like breathing exercises. Um, there's a little exercise called grace, which um, when you teach that you have somebody stand up and make their body stressed and then you walk them through progressive relaxation. So, you know, making it not, not you know, um, dismissing it but making it a game and playful Um, is is really helpful and it's really effective. Um, And um, our son is good enough at nine years old to recognize when somebody else is stressed. And he's gotten to the point where he can coach them through feeling better.
3: Dial it down. Dial it down. Just dial it down. You know, put all of the stuff in a big balloon and let it go. I also like to say to him from time to time, and this is really about my taking care of myself, More than him, like he's actually sort of, you know, much more okay than I am most of the time. But I'll say, you know, if I were the best mother in the world right now, like, what would I be doing? Um, sometimes he says, getting me the huge Lego, and I say, well, you know, not involving buying something, he says, you know, just nothing you're doing it and so let, let me ask
1: you this getting back getting back to the book that um uh focuses a lot on professionals uh the the kind of person that as you said runs into the problem rather than it runs out uh, tends to be macho whether female or male do they do they have barriers to you know you mentioned touchy-feely do they have barriers when you start talking about this like i i i don't want to show weakness i i don't i'm not going to wiggle my toes how do you get to them?
6: You know, um, there's a stereotype of whether it's emergency services or healthcare professionals that has that that kind of badass kind of approach. And there's a wee little bit of that, um, but as a group, there, um, you know, there is a spectrum, just like in any other part of the world. Um, there are some that are very emotive and very sensitive and vulnerable and and easy to work with around that. That tend to accept this stuff real easily. Um, there's others that are, you know, more, you know, kind of uh, intense and, and driven and, you know, the, the breathing, um, that Sasha talked about, um, is, uh, is labeled tactical breathing, um, which makes, uh, breathing meditation exercises that, uh, yogics and monks might do sound a little more macho. And the, the, the concept of tactical breathing framework actually comes from a, a book called on combat, which is written by a a military trainer about how do you deal with uh, the intensity of combat. So um, the, the way we present these things are to improve your performance and to use them as strategies and tools like you would your firearm if you're a police officer, like you would your IV kit if you're a paramedic, like your fire hose if you're a firefighter, like you'd use your surgical instruments if you're a physician
2: so i've got to imagine that on a on a broad scale the hospital environment is very stressful these days with new protocols new personal protective equipment etc how how, how have, have have you seen hospitals really embrace um, your book and, and really want to get it out there to their professionals who are who are really the front line of this pandemic
6: absolutely and not only have they embraced the book um, many hospitals have set up uh, full wellness teams that are taking care of the, the stress of their employees. They're monitoring it more effectively. They're dealing with it more effectively. Um, particularly, um, I've got a lot of good friends at Mount Sinai which is the hospital in New York that was the epicenter of the worst of the COVID mm-hmm. response. Um, they've done a remarkable job really stepping up and creating systems uh, to care for their team members. Uh, You're listening to you're
1: you're listening to Money Talk on AM twelve ninety KZSB, and we'll be right back with our final segment.
4: Hi,
5: I'm Jeff Devine from American Riviera Bank. All of our customers were once just like you, stuck with a bank that kept charging more for less. But when they finally made the decision to change banks, American Riviera Bank made the move easy with mobile deposit, online banking, free use of every ATM in the country, and a level of customer service that other banks dream of. Come in and make the move today in our downtown Santa Barbara or Montecito Upper Village branches. American Riviera Bank, smart banking for smart people. This is the place that talks about Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara's astronomical unit. Community matters. Radio real estate. The Andy Caldwell
6: Show.
3: Santa Barbara T-Sports Radio Show. Golf
6: Radio Show. Community Alert. Mortgage Matters. Welcome to the voices. Voices.
1: Voices. Voices Voices of Santa Barbara. The CEO Report. And CSUCI presents About Education.
6: Farm to Table Hour. Around the world. Jeremiah Show. History. Friday. Art and Antiques Radio Show. Garden Gossip. Hook and Fork Radio.
4: Solutions News. Conversations that count. Tell Me Your
6: Story. KZSB. AM 1290. (laughs)
1: Welcome back to Money Talk, brought to you by Arlington Financial Advisors, a leading wealth management firm founded on providing thoughtful, objective, and comprehensive financial guidance for families and entities who are seeking long-term financial confidence. By the way, did I? Did you know that when I was saying all that, I was wiggling my toes? You couldn't tell, right? Did you I feel less stressed? Okay, good. Okay, just wanted to check. You
3: seemed to be emanating a certain attractive inner calm and potency
2: that was
1: nice to be around. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to wear flip-flops anymore, though.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So if someone was looking to purchase Supercharge Your Stress Management in the age of COVID-19, it does say on the front, a handbook for emergency services and healthcare professionals. But I think through our conversation today, I think it's very applicable to all of us going through this um global pandemic uh that we are in where is the best place to get it? are you in any local bookstores are you you know you sharing know, right, with us how we can buy it
6: right now it's you know amazon barnes and noble um we've got a, a website which is uh combatcovidstress.com combat combatcovidstress.com is a is our website those are places we can get it um we uh, uh we're we're uh, better book writers than we are marketers, so we haven't gotten it into the bookstores yet. We should probably do that.
2: Uh, <laughs> at least Chaucer's.
6: The, at least Chaucer's, yes.
3: Thanks for that idea. You really are a good business person. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, you know, the, the, this book came about originally because Mike, through his work, is so connected to emergency services. And what we saw right at the beginning of the pandemic was um this huge rise in stress related um out out work problems um within the emergency healthcare industry and mike said well you know maybe i should do a webinar i've been studying this stuff and um one of the big publishers in his industry put out like one tweet and four days later ten thousand people had registered for the webinar and then we got like this outpouring of, oh my gosh, thank you so much, because it really was designed to be, you know, you don't need to be a woo-woo person. You don't need to be a yogi. You don't need to be a neuroscientist. You're, you know, just a real person trying to get through the day effectively. And here's some stuff you can do during the day to help. Um, and anyway, it was so popular. We were like, let's let's distribute this in another format. Let's make a book. and. Uh, Two months later we had this book. So I don't know what the point of that is, but it's on the website. But you on- can get it on Amazon or <laughs> you on Amazon. And and there's what's,
6: there's what's audio about, versions and Kindle versions, but oh great. But your great. your point about, you know, this is a book normal people can uh, you know, we talk about, you know, there's emergency services people and then there's normal people, right? Um, and that that it's uh, it certainly is accessible uh, to them. The stories are kind of, um, described around, um, working in emergency services and law enforcement and healthcare and emergency medical services. Um, but, but that is, should be totally accessible to, to, to anybody else who's, who's interested in kind of dialing down their stress or helping their friends and family, uh, dial it down. It is the perfect gift for the holiday season, uh, since it's a holiday season that is, uh, is going to be, um, covered with COVID and, uh, and this, uh, this virus is, uh, while, while we may be tired of it, um, it's not tired of us. And, and, d- I just, and, and
1: we have to go now, but you remember, besides the virus, we have also the election results. Uh, so we have all kinds of things to be nervous about, Mike. And uh, Sasha, thank you so much, and thank you for what you're doing for all of us. I feel less less neurotic and nervous already. Uh, you're, thank you. for listening to Money Talk, and uh, thank you for listening, and we'll see you all next week.
6: It's three.